Andrew, I know that this is your thing and all, but like, why do we have to do a test of courage before we record the School Live episode? I mean, what's so special about this Gakko Garashi High School? It better be scary because this is a Halloween special. Come on, guys. You got to get in that good old spoopy Halloween spirit. And what better way to do it than visiting an abandoned high school? Well, there better be like, you know, ghosts or monsters or something else in here because this is not getting me in the spirit just yet. Oh my. Ah, do I have to give you guys a bit of a heed of warning before we start this up? Yes. I suppose so. But but Like uh, what? Like well, what, per se? Well, I'm, I'm just spitballing here, but for instance, um, if this school has some sort of language policy, uh, something about how the even though it's full of impressionable young high schoolers, that there may be strong language present, and that anyone who's uh, you know a little weary about using uh, the F word or the S word or the Z word, the, uh, they should probably be weary when pr- going forward in this episode. Hmm. That's not that's not scary. That's not scary. You know what's scary though, is when you don't know what's coming up ahead, and then all of a sudden somebody hits you with it in the face like a freaking Mack truck. Like, spoilers. Spoilers ah! for any anime series. I hate them. They are so scary when you don't know what's going on. That... And then somebody wrecks it. And that's what probably is going to happen throughout this whole episode. So yep. please be ma- mindful of that. We don't want to get anybody spoiled in the face. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing more terrifying than knowing about what's coming before it actually happens. All right. Now, don't get it in my hair. And I just, I feel I need to say this. As the club representative for the Dub Talk podcast tonight i feel i should be the one to say everything that's going to be said by us in tonight's expedition that is our own opinion that does not represent us as a whole just us as the individuals you know what i'm saying gotta make sure i I set a good example for us you know we seem to be getting close let's just go inside and we'll see what is happening in this place and Ew. Whoa, whoa, guys, watch watch it. Watch your step there. Did you guys almost stepped on that broken Ew. glass? What's that stench? Ew. God, it smells terrible. Why is the floor brown? Like what is going on in here? All the furniture's all crashed and broken. Is, does anybody hear that? Wait, I think I hear it. Yeah. Something's coming from the basement. Do you guys hear that? There's like some creepy sounds coming from under the school. Kind of. I mean, should we go down there and Andrew? Where did Andrew go? Andrew? Oh no. Oh my god. Noah? Rise and shine, fellow students! Today is a beautiful morning for all of us here at Gakogurashi High School! We here love dubs oh so very much. We live for watching and discussing them every single day! So it is with excitement that we begin our very first Halloween meeting for the Dub Talk Club! We here at the Dub Talk Club Committee are proud to present... School live! Oh, this will be so exciting. We'll have candies, we'll tell scary stories, we'll do that test of courage thing in all my Japanese anime. <clears throat> oh, how could I forget? 
Introductions are in order. <laughs> Silly me. Over there in the corner polishing her shovel that she since dubbed Hisoka. It's our resident Fujoshi badass, Gigi! Look, Hisoka's gonna hit you in the face if you don't get this meeting started and quickly. I'm... But is there gum on the side of that shovel? That's another question. Bungee gum. But next, we go to the shy little cartoon bookworm slouched over his copy of Kino's Journey, preaching the good word of global animation. No a clue! I, I just, I, I'd like to tell everyone, I thank you for letting me be here. And also, um, this book by Richard Williams that teaches all the great animation techniques is a must read for anyone who wants to get into animation. It's so good. All of you have come together filled with joy and love for dubs and this very club. And the person we have to thank most for all of this is our beloved club advisor and team mom, Lilac! Thanks for setting all this up for us, Steph. You're the best. Ah, uh, uh, oh, shucks. I know I've come a long way to getting host my own episodes. I know. Andrew? Hey, that's not fair. Andrew? I am very responsible, thank you, Andrew? you big meanie. What? Andrew, um, who are you talking to? But, who, who is Stephanie? But, but she's, she's right there. She's, she's, she's been with us. Andrew, She's we, not I, I thought we talked about, uh, we talked what? about this. Steph, Lilac, Lilac, You have to come to grips with reality. The, okay, the glass there, that, that is broken. The, the, the walls are all scratched up. The what is, what's going on? The red on the floor is not from paint, and all of this is not a club room. Oh no, oh no. There are zombies everywhere. Oh, okay. That was a weird little episode I was having. Oh, you, you, oh. You okay? I, I, I think good? I'm okay. I think I'm okay. I, my world has gotten a little darker, but my eyes have gotten clearer and opened to make way for the truth. Welcome aboard, everybody. Tonight... For our special Halloween episode of the Dub Talk Podcast, we're covering a project that I've been wanting to cover for a very long time now. And that is the dub for School Live. Woo! Alright! Let's do this! Before we begin, uh, let's give a brief little discussion and synopsis of the story in question. Yuki Taki, ah, I gotta get the voice back. Strapping Yuki Takia loves her school so much that she does not want to ever leave. Fuck, I'm not pronouncing that high school name. Fuck that. Her high school is a unique and lively place where Yuki enjoys her carefree life as a third year high school student and member of the school living club. The club, consisting of President Yuri Wakasha, the athletic Kurumi Ebisuzawa, the mature junior Miki Naoki, the supervising teacher Megami Sakura, and the club dog Taromaru, prides itself on milking, ma uh, making the best of school life. However, this illusion of endless bliss is just a bubble waiting to be burst because Yuki is unable to perceive what is truly happening around her. In reality, all is not as it seems. The real purpose of the school living club is to escape from the shocking and disturbing- Oh no. Shocking and disturbing truth. The girls are in the middle of a zombie apocalypse and barricade themselves in the eyes of school as sole survivors. So with that out of the way, 
I think it's time we move on to our very first section of tonight, and that is discussing our ADR director and writers for this project. And we should As, probably specify also that uh, this is going to be a regular dub review, since there will be no predictions. Um, we all just waited until the dub had come out, and we watched the whole thing, right? Yes. All I probably it. did have some predictions when I was first planning this, but that is irrelevant now. We are doing this a straight-up dub review. Yes, yeah, so, um, and, and some of us didn't even watch it when it originally was simulcast. Some of us went into this completely blind. Just I'm so you. happy you went into this oh, project God. completely blind. It, it fills me with so much joy. I will never trust you ever again. You said, oh, you want to do this show called School Live? And I'm like, what, what's it about? And you're like, oh, you should just watch the first episode and find out. I'm like, okay. Well, I genuinely thought you knew what the deal was. That's why I was actually surprised. There was no warning. It was total yes, whiplash. Yes, that's the way you should watch this That's show, why though. the first episode is so goddamn effective. And it still holds up. It does. And this further solidifies, this whole show just solidifies my further love for Lurch as my favorite current animation studio. Interesting choice, but all right. Before we, we can talk about the show itself proper all day. Yes. But first, I think it's time we move on. Uh, our ADR director for this project is Shannon Reed, as well as uh, ADR writers, Caitlin Barr, and a personal favorite of Gigi's, David Wald. The fun police! Ugh, As for the squeeing from all across the state, I hear, Oh my god, David Wald! The fun you police! You can hear it already. Look, that man has a sexy voice. I don't blame you. Anyways, <laughs> let's does. go on to uh, the credits for these other... Let's go on to the credits and other things these people have worked on. Uh, Shannon Reed has directed such projects as Onigiri, Tamako Love Story, as well as being assistant ADR director for projects like Amagi Brilliant Park and Alharu X Machine Gun. There's a couple other projects that have been announced recently, but expect episodes for those a little later down the road. Uh, Caitlin Barr has written for such projects as Chika, the Coffin Princess, Amagi, Brilliant Park, Love, Chunibyo, and Other Delusions, Heartthrob, Is It Wrong to Try and Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon, and yes. Fate, yes. Khalid, Liner, Prisma, Ilya, Zwei, <laughs> and Zwei Hurts. Uh, that is a best, mouthful. Why does best that title girl hurt? Show ever. That, hype, that title hurts as much as it does. Seriously, the one canon happy ending for Ilya and its God, it's... Ugh. Anyways, uh, David Wald has written for such projects as Aura, Chivalry of a Failed Knight, and... <sighs> Diabolic Lovers More Blood. Hey, boo, hey. Rappin' Rico. That's not Rappin' Rico. That Rappin is not Rico. Rappin' Rico is in Dance with Devils, which is, is not about vampires. Look, I, Noah, you're you're not gonna come here and mansplain to Gigi about her boys' trash, okay? Let's be real here. <laughs> well, actually, if you think about it, liking boys' love is actually very, very straight. Same way, hey, Yuri is the straightest thing in the world. Anyway, enough about that. We will discuss Yuri undertones later on in tonight's show. But first things first, <laughs> uh, who would like to go first about their thoughts on the ADR direction and script? For this show, I could either pick this out or I can get go. You could volunteer as tribute. Can can we play King's game to see who goes first? <laughs> no, no. Sounds like Gigi, you're our first volunteer of the night. God damn it! 
<laughs> All right. That was the best episode of Gal, by the way. Oh my god, it really was. <laughs> I can't wait you have to, to kiss. Kiss? What? Mm, well, okay. Anyway, we're talking <laughs> about the drift. <laughs> oh, you too. Noah's like my little brother that I never wanted. Except I have a little brother, so he's like my second little brother. And I, even though I'm the youngest of you two, I am the dad of you two little children, and I'm the one keeping you in check. It's true. We always I, cause I, trouble. Um, yeah. I, I would bring out the whip, but that would only that would only interest you even more. Please continue, <laughs> Gigi. How did this cat hat get on my head? Listen, kitty, sit down. All right. You. So our director, uh, Shannon. Let's see here. Um, so School Live is such a, an emotional show. And honestly, I thought he really did a great job taking the audience on this roller coaster ride. With a small cast, there has to be a lot of emotions that come into this, especially since it goes from straight up moe to straight up crazy to straight up horror. And I think he did a really great job wrangling the actresses that he put in this dub. Um Everything is so intense, and so I think it's really superiorly directed, um, especially Crazy Yuki. She is fucking crazy, <laughs> and I love her. Um, I do have a couple of things to say about his casting choices. Like, I think a couple of actresses could have switched parts, and it may have made the show, at least for me, um, be seen in like kind of a different light. But other than that, I think he did a great job. Um, do you want me to talk about the writers, too? Might, uh, as well. might as well. Okay, so my my boo Caitlin, what up, girl? And my boo Dave Wald, who both follow me on Twitter and will hopefully still follow me on Twitter after this episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I said that during that More Blood. I was like, I bet, I bet David Wald's gonna delete me off of Twitter after he hears the More Blood episode, and I don't know if he ever heard it. So let's hope that he no. didn't. No, he just got a second account so we could follow you twice. Look, we still have some regulars in the industry at this point that follow our dumb bullshit regularly on a regular basis. I'm pretty sure you're safe. Please okay. continue. Well, all right. So uh, let's see. I really like how the writing incorporated just regular kid speech into this. Like, the girls were saying, my bad, all the time. And um, there were parts in the beginning where the anime has to play it straight. Like... The whole job of the first episode is that you don't know that this place is a zombie apocalypse. You don't know until the very end. Um, and I thought that the scripting that they did really worked with that. Um, all the dumb Yuki lines, because, you know, Yuki's crazy and we're going to talk about Yuki later, but I love those. Um, if you If you mean dumb lines, you mean the best lines. I know. I, I mean, kinda... like, Yuki being dumb, not... The lines are dumb. Like, Yuki's dumb. I, I'd say she is not a oh. dumb character. She is a naive character. And, like, That's a, a better carefree. word. I mean, yeah, that isn't in itself a, a defense strategy. Even people who aren't in this situation will still use that as their uh, defense mechanism to get through life. All right. It's true. But I do it sometimes. It... Um, but the, the one line that, that made me kind of, like, cheer up was when... Uh, Re was talking to uh, I don't know maybe Miki I don't know what it was but they're talking about 
how they put together the barricades and she was like they're put together with the hope in our hearts and Megune's love and it held them together and I was like please kill me now please kill me now thank you for reminding us of that line I know it was so cute um there are obvious parts in here that I could tell that Dave Wald wrote just because I'm obsessed with Diabolic Lovers More Blood. So I could like kind of tell like the couple of parts where I think he dipped his toes in there. Um, and the last thing I want to say about the writing is that they use things like senpai and stuff a lot, which normally I don't like in English dubs because I'm not going to call you Noah Chan. Like, uh, well, no, you'd call me Noah Kuhn. Well, whatever. I'm not going to call you any of that. I'm just going to say Noah, well, sit down. Actually, the honorifics for young male is coon and chan is for young girls, technically. What now, other? now, children. I, uh, here's the fedora. I'm sorry. You can have it back. Oh, thank you. I, I stole will, it from Harvey. I will Doesn't burn that nice fucking fedora. <laughs> I will burn that thing to the ground. It, it's like it. a hydra. It'll just come back threefold. I know. It's oh, really Lordy. bad. But yeah, okay. I, think it, I think it actually worked here. Like, I, I don't know. What do, you, what do you guys think about them using the honorifics here? Because I think they kind of had to with just some of the lines it's, that Yuki has to say, like how she feels about Miki and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's pretty much like you need those on the grounds that like she makes the cute little Japanese nicknames for them. And it's very clear her, she, her big deal is how much of like a responsible senpai or a good kohae like she her little underling is and that dynamic is important to her to try and keep that illusion like it doesn't like the whole dynamic doesn't really matter to anything else it's the whole school dynamic is basically gone to shit and it doesn't exist but the fact that it exists in like her mind and her heart is actually pretty important that the whole senpai kohai mikun chan thing is there for her to have some sense of normalcy in her school life so i think that actually works very well well i think your main question gg is um because it's an english dub does it still work because a lot of english dubs will take out japanese honorifics to make it more authentic sounding to english speakers right right and i was trying to think of another way that they could have done it and honestly i couldn't Mm. think of one and I'm I glad they agree, did it because yeah. um, I've actually, um, I think it was Monica Rial who was giving a discussion about when to make that decision. And her, her thought process for most people was this. If the show is going to be aimed at a mainstream audience, like something that you can broadcast on television uh, that uh, someone who's not an anime fan will be watching, they try to take out those kind of speech patterns and uh, make it more mainstream sounding. Uh, Something like this, though, that is not really a mainstream show because the art style is very anime and also uh, the average watcher isn't going to watch something this tonal whiplash-like, then they have the freedom to keep the Japanese honorifics in there because the average person watching this knows it's an anime and is already familiar enough with honorifics that it's not going to trip them up too much. I also feel the show's built around the fact that aesthetically it's meant to look super-duper anime which is meant to be all the more jarring and, like, shocking when you see the cracks in the facade and you see but, the actual true nature. Specifically Moe anime, but yes, is what it's supposed to look like. So, yeah, to, to answer your question, I, I'm okay with the fact they kept those in there, and I don't think that they should have even gone the extra mile to try to find a way to write around it. That could have actually been more detrimental if they did. I agree. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I've said my bit on the presentation, the presentation of honorifics in this dub. I think it works very well. Also, the fact that um, 
I really love the direction and delivery in some of these characters' performances. Like, I'm pretty sure every character in this show gets, like, at least one big moment to really show their everything's gone to shit, I'm losing control of everything moment. And the, the delivery on some of these lines, some of these screams, and some of these moments of desperation, like, a character I didn't think much of at first... Uh, Rison has some of, like, the sharpest lines and some of, like, the ch most chilling deliveries, I think, I've hear heard in this entire show. Like, the presentation, like, the delivery of some of her lines about, like, what they should do about her getting better, about me, uh, about Yuki getting better from her condition and Rison straight up saying, her getting better isn't our concern is straight up, I just love the delivery and, like, the edge of that, where it's, like, there's this dichotomy and there's this strictness there. It's, like, they love her, but they also kind of, un like, depend on her to have this joy and spring this that makes Miki uncomfortable, but they kind of live with because it's the only way they can keep joy in their life. There's a lot of little things like that and, like, the, the freak-out moments, the cry moments. Boy, the cry moments. Uh, the script is solid. The delivery by the actresses is fucking fantastic. Even ones I wasn't sure of at first, everybody gets at least one moment that I think impressed me throughout. All in all, amazing job throughout. Even Taromaru? Especially Taromaru. <laughs> just, just top tier writing. I, I don't know how they wrote that that character, but the, the dog Shakespearean was best dialogue. Dog. It really, he really was the best dog. Chiromaru for like, best Chir dog, Dubby's 2017. Look, Chiromaru was even saying shit like, I'm the cutest ever, I love you, please love me. Or are you say, saying straight up gangster rap lyrics? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's possible. Hmm. That, that doggy, like... We, do, we don't know what his previous owner was, you know, was like. She could have been, like, that hardcore she was a sweet. She was a sweet old lady. She probably listens to Wu-Tang Clang on the regular. <laughs> I said Wu-Tang Clang. Wu-Tang Clan, that's what I meant. Ah, I'm sorry. No, so, Chan. I think... No, uh, Unless you have any other thoughts you'd like to add to this, I think now is the perfect time to move oh. on and talk about our favorite doggy companion. No, no, no. I, I have to say, I, I have to say this. I am so glad. I was worried at first, and I'm so glad that this did not turn out like the last zombie show that Sentai dubbed. What last saw? Which one? Oh. High School of the Dead. No! <laughs> that is like in my list of worst anime of all time. And that oh, was, wow. If I'm not mistaken, that was the last time that Sentai picked up and dubbed in English an uh, uh, anime zombie show. Ugh. Boy. Well, to boy, be fair, there well, aren't it, many. There aren't many because in Japan, like, there actually is a whole cultural stigma about, like, spirits and, and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. zombie media exists, but it is rare and few in between. On that matter, I'd love yep. to see an anime of I Am a Hero. That's another story for another time. It is. But yes, this is nothing. There is Sarah Palin is nowhere to be found in this. But there are no thank yep. God for that. It, yes, and I'm so glad there are no memes. There is, like you said, Gigi. It's very natural sounding dialogue. They don't they don't use uh, chintzy slang. They don't use unconvincing uh, speech patterns, and 
yeah, I am really glad that they directed it this way because Sentai has, like, if there's one really good thing that Sentai consistently does, it's they seem to balance uh, the drama and re and silly moments. Like, they make some really goofy dubs. But the, in this case, this worked out really well because the goofier moments, especially with Yuki's delusions and the art characters goofy. trying to, they're trying to, you know, uh, rewrite the reality to sound more like a moe slice of life comedy which would put you to sleep if it wasn't a zombie show it's true turned out really well the goofy and the drama kind of go hand in hand and speak for themselves they didn't really need to add humor or drama where because it was already there and they just had to work at adapting it and it worked and perfectly. thank goodness for that too yeah i was i was a little worried that they didn't maybe they wouldn't have thought that the content would stand on its own what once i figured out what the show was about i was like oh i hope they don't go in this direction but no they played it part they played that razor's edge really well um, and some of the lines that they uh, in the writing specifically i noticed that they tried to um uh, they tried to draw some parallels between where they're going in their life and the, uh, the zombie reality around them like uh, near the last episode they're out of power and they have to decide uh if they're gonna go to the safety shelter in the nearby university or if they're gonna and it's go like, towards the if they're business. going to school if they're going to school or if they're going into the workforce which is a very real thing even if you're not suffering from <laughs> zombie and mental like <laughs> destruction it, it was very it was very on the nose. It was. It was like, where are we gonna go in life? And I'm like, the, or sometimes you get married, or sometimes you get married and you marry your trusty shovel. Either I way, mean, there was. Karumi X Miss Shovel Coon is best OTP. Oh, Don't at me. <laughs> I forgot about that 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 uh, fantasy sequence. Look, that shovel helped her. That shovel helped her through her last breakup. So that oh, he, I... he's. He's been, he's helped her through a lot, especially with her last breakup, you know what I'm I saying? I mean, at this point in time, I'm about ready to marry a shovel, so... <laughs> true, true life fact. Go, 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 uh, find you a man who can do both. She, she likes her boys with a little bit of an edge, you know what I'm saying? Dig a hole. Nerds. Dig a hole, dig a hole, dig a hole, this hole keeps getting bigger. Anyways, yeah. speaking, speaking of holes... Let's bury the hole for our next, next character. No, no, abort segue. Abort no, segue. No, I had to work with that. No, oh, no. No, no, no. I'm already calling it now. Worst segue ever. Okay, fine. I'm going to have to throw you a bone for that one, Noah. And oh. it's time for us. It's fine. Time for us to talk about Tarobaru. Tarobaru. I want a. I want a joke, and I want a kid. Fucking Tarobaru. The second time. This is my second viewing of the show. Tarobaru made me lose my shit. Okay. Oh <laughs> Over a dog. Tarobaru. You didn't think it was gonna happen, did you? So, no. Here's the thing. I figured it was inevitable. The part I figured, I thought he would just be cold. The worst was the fake out of the of the bit of hope, and then finally passing. Oh. Yeah. By the that way, here's a fun out. fact: Taromaru, for the most part, is anime only. Believe it or not. Really? I guess I haven't gotten that far in the manga. I'm only on like. He straight up four. has like a chapter or two as like a stray dog, but then like he's kind of gone early on since they find him and he's got a bit so, of a scratch on him. So these lurch bastards went the extra mile to make this even more heartbreaking than it already was. Oh yes, they did. So I, who's I breaking can your... almost respect that. 
Who's breaking your heart, Andrew? Who's best dog? Little, little Taromaru, who, whose little puppy yelps are voiced by Tiffany Grant. Tiffany Grant, you might know from such other mascot <laughs> characters as Potato from Air, Koro from Akame Ga Kill, Yonakuni from Maria Holic, Jonathan the Seal from Kaleidoscar, no! and everybody's favorite and everybody's favorite mascot, Asuka Langley Soryu from Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh, she was the best pet in that show. She was Potato uh... and the Seal. Oh yeah, yeah. you didn't know yeah. that. I don't. Well, I, did I not... watched those so long ago. I didn't really pay attention. Like, See, I, I, I made I made sure to go for a theme of like mascot characters that yeah. didn't talk much. Like as soon as I heard that Tiffany Grant was voicing this, I was like, I'm just chalk this up to another Tiffany Grant role where she gets to voice an animal. And I specifically thought of Kaleido Star was the first one I thought of. Oh but my I God. have a question. So Gigi, how good was Tiffany as everybody's favorite little doggy pupper? I mean, like I don't I don't like dogs, but this is the most emotion I've ever heard from a dog. It beat the dog in the Royal Tudor. Hey. Um, but like then she was also oh a zombie dog. The fucking phrasing you said for beating the dog. No. Oh fuck you. <laughs> I I'm sorry. That I made myself sad. Okay, alright. Really come to that, you know, it's I loved her as the zombie dog. Like Oh yeah, no. That was genuinely terrifying. Cause you went from straight up to straight up gnarling vicious creature of the night and it Ugh. oh it hurt and it really throws us off because i i don't know about you guys but i didn't understand if the zombie thing was happening to only humans or if it could affect other mammals as well so that was a real surprise that uh, turns out yep it can get dogs too yep the zombie virus can get everything i guess what i liked best about her was that she actually sounded like a real dog like as opposed it, to like some some of them they you know they say like a weird word and it's supposed to sound like a dog. What am I talking about? Uh, oh, so, like I'm thinking uh, of cats and they go nya nya. I think you think like, of cat, what a cat ca in anime. Like. It's cats. Mm -hmm. Everybody gives them gets them to say nya 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 nya. I don't know what it is for or dogs. It's, it's probably a, just one one. Yes, one one is it? Wan. Yeah, no, she sounded like, like a dog. Is that really? I mean, but I don't yeah, mean that with any disrespect. She sounded like a real live dog, which a plus 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 plus. I can't believe was she was pretty... potato. <laughs> you learn something. Remember, remember, dub talk, dub talk listeners. You learn something new every day. <laughs> Trust me. Researching these is always fun because you learn a couple of these that you didn't know, like how one of the how two actresses play the same character in a show I like. Anyways, oh, that happens a lot. Um, but I'll explain more of that when we get there. Um, so yeah, uh, Taromaru. Taromaru is such a good boy, and the most heartbreaking, like, development in the show was her, uh, was Taromaru's, like, distancing from Miki, and then reuniting as friends only shortly enough before he gets Zambambified. 
And it hurts. It's so cute. And she's like, looks like she's straight up about to cry. And it's like, I didn't expect the cute, the pool episode where everybody's got bomb ass bikinis on to make me feel emotions. But here we are. <laughs> now, I, I had a question about that. Um, at the beginning of that pool episode, we see both Taromaru and Yuki are covered in what looks like the green uh, algae that builds up on pools, right? I think right. it's boss or something, but yeah. Right, right. But when you first saw that, did any of you think that it was actually supposed to be blood, but we were only seeing it as moss because of Yuki's delusions? I, I, no. I feel like by that point, it was already clear what the show saw through Yuki's eyes, and we already were seeing the world around us. I don't think the show would have lied to us about that. I think it was it was pretty clear that that was algae. Also, it's adorable when she tries bathing the dog and he just doesn't want it. <laughs> but it's just an excuse to give us more uh, fan service shots. It's the, the, everybody's fucking adorable. So hey, whatevs. I'm. Anyways, I will say uh, there's not much to say in terms of lines and delivery, but I thought Tiffany Grant was in fact excellent as everybody's favorite doggy sidekick, Terrell Maru. It's kind of cheesy as a performance. It's not. Like, uh, she's no um, Frank Welker or D. Bradley Davis when it comes to voicing believable mean, animal voices. You mean D. D Bradley Baker. I, I have the burning fedora. It's D. Bradley Baker. Get you're it right. right. I, you're right. It is, that is Appa. That is Momo. That is a lot of animals and a lot of Nickelodeon shows. I but apologize, still. D. Okay. Continue. But yeah, but yeah Tip, uh, Tiffany's performance of it is, uh, is believably cheesy. Like, you could tell that it's, like, they didn't sound... Uh, they didn't take uh, audio from actual animals to get that. But you know what? That's totally okay because the design of the dog of Taromaru is also very cartoonish. You know, it's not uh, the realistic look that we get of Ayn from Cowboy Bebop or like any other, like it's not Plague Dog's realism. So that kind of cheesy performance is totally okay. And then when we shift gears over into zombie Taromaru, yeah, that was that was terrifying on levels that I didn't know Tiffany was even capable of. And I know she's done a lot of stuff in a lot a range uh, uh, spanning a lot of years of voice acting. I don't think I've ever heard her get this animalistic before. Like not even as like the uh, end of Evangelion movie. Like this was on a whole nother level. All right. So with that being said. 10 out of 10, Tiffany Grant is a very good boy, which... Full, full disclaimer, we, we are not promoted by We Rate Dogs at all. We're just a big fan of their product. 13 out of 10, saved a teenage girl's life, saved everybody's lives, is an adorable little ball of energy. May he rest in peace. God bless the, you, Taromaru. We love the, you. They're, they're, they're good dogs, Undrew. They're such good dogs! Oh, Christ. And now, I think it's time for us to move on to uh, one of Taromaru's other friends. Speaking um, of Christ, who died for us, let's go on to the next character. Boy, that is a... <laughs> that is a... Where did that, that come was from? bad. She, she didn't and even she... strike a T-pose once in the show. Come on. Ten out of ten. That's a very poor Christ. Anyways, we are referring I mean, to... Miki's uh, bestie, uh, Kei Shido, who she was walking with her to the mall one day, and then zombies happened, to which they held themselves up for a number of weeks before Kei decided to make a, a run for it, and then we never see her again. Ah, except, she comes back. 
Except I hope she's still alive. Don't spoil episode. it. What do you mean? Don't spoil it. Don't spoil I mean, yeah, if she's really alive establish... or not. We didn't establish the rules about what we would spoil or not. Like we have the disclaimer. No, did you just fucking? Oh, this is this is just... full on. Okay, we just talked about a dead dog. We are going full spoiler. No, 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 Which, no, by no, the way, no, if you, but if she you never like, was in the actually... last episode. What? What are you talking about? I'm talking about Kay. Kay was never seen. You're wrong. You are wrong. Are you talking about that last thing after the credits? Yes. The la that was no, last no, 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 Gigi, Gigi. The, as they're driving the zombie, away. As they're driving away, the zombie that walks back to the school, that's Kay. No. Potentially. It is. Me it straight thinks up is. Well, Did you we fucking read the face. manga? That, that's... Okay. No. Don't fucking I saw spoil that it for me. Fan theories. Gigi, I'm really positive that's not a spoiler. And the zombie at the end was K. I no. could be wrong, to but be I'm I am like 99% certain. Okay, but for 99. the 1%, the only reason we think it's her is because we see me look at the zombie as they're driving past the school, and she thinks that that's K. That's the only confirmation we have. We don't. And have, then like, at the end, there is a message to K that they zoom in on the on the blackboard saying, "I'm doing well. I'm glad I lived." That and again, that's. If the direction, be... the direction, and the symbolism is... is on the board. I am yes. yeah, so I certain. What about that, that at zombie... the very end, though? When the person picks mean? up the thing no, that was in the that's, balloon. No, that is a, that is an original girl. That is a girl from later on in the manga. That is not K. Are that you is sure? a teaser to try to get. I two am positive that is a different girl, and I am positive that the girl at the she end of the series when they're driving away is oh Kay's zombified i will cut we will move on but i will stick to that that okay we are moving commenters on. at the bottom of, uh tell either andrew or Gigi which one of them is wrong we, we need to determine this democratically but okay. don't put any manga spoilers in the comments because uh, i don't yes, want to i don't even think Gigi. that's not a manga oh whatever okay i need to who vo now, now, who voices K when yes. she's amongst the living? Who voices? Who, the voice of K, K Shido, is voiced by. I gotta think. I'm going to botch botch his name. Shania, uh, Shania, Shania, Shania or Shania Moore. Uh, Shania or Shania Moore is voiced by. Uh, she's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say that name. Uh, the voice of K has has played such other parts as Coco Reeve from Cross Ange, Alicia Shimada from Girls und Panzer the movie, Alina Hartgen from Chika Avenging Battle, Kuan from Uta Wareu Mono the False Faces, and Tomoyo Kanzaki from When Supernatural Battles Become commonplace we got tongue twister tongue, wow. tongue twisters a galore tonight Stop gg talking. and for the re if you want a way to pronounce that one show just think of the word underwater romano underwater romano okay gg like to lead us? no 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 sure or is that a different one no i think that, i can't see i don't know i think i know All what right. you're talking about anyways okay um, <laughs> So, we should refer I'm to the show by its Japanese name from going on forward. This is now <laughs> Gakko Garashi, the dub talk episode. Sit down. School live, Gak 
Look, we're already doing this at Gakogarashi High School. That's why I said that at the beginning. Anyways, um, Gigi, please do give us your thoughts on Kei Shido. Well, I really liked Kei. I liked her more than Mickey. I'm just going to say it straight up. Straight up. As a person or as the actress? As the acting. Okay. okay. I'll In fact, when I, when I was talking about how I think some actresses should have swapped roles... I think Mickey and Kay's actresses should have swapped roles because Ooh. I really think that this performance had a ton of emotion in it for such a little part. And like, I've never heard anything this actress has done before and I want her to succeed. Like I really do. I just, I really thought that this character was played with a very good head on her shoulders. Cause I probably would have done the same thing. And be like, let's get out. You have to try. You can't pee in a bucket for the rest of your life, even if there's a zombie apocalypse outside. So I just, I really loved the tone of her voice. And I liked all of the emotions she put into this little character that could have been a throwaway for somebody else. So I really liked this performance. And I think that if they would have swapped, I would have liked it even better. But... We will get to that later on in tonight's show. And and I will bring out the swords, and there will I be know. blood. I will about be the to be one a war. keeping you two in check. Believe me, believe me. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Let me add her. As Let for, me as, add her. Here, hold as, back. As for Kay, um, I, I put her down as being uh, cute and free, but with a sense of anxiousness and desire to roam. And I thought that uh, Miss Moore did a very good job at portraying that uh miss or mrs i'm not going to assume or unassume um uh, i Shanae? just can't pronounce your name i apologize isn't um, it shanae just say more more senpai more senpai maybe i, maybe I should be like sh- like nekun or nason nason ah i made it funny anyways no i thought she did even though it was brief i thought that she did a pretty good job as k i don't have much as much to say to for her as some of the other characters, so I will pass it on to Noah. Yeah, I also don't have quite as much to say. Um, it was a good role. Um, it was the, uh, just by virtue of being on the screen the least amount of episodes, uh, the least memorable one, but that's not a bad thing at all. Like, I'm not dissing uh, her performance at all by saying that. And it, actually, this brings up a good point that I forgot to mention in the writing portion. Uh, she gets, Kay gets a one line where she loses her composure and um, basically says, we have to pee in a bucket. That's disgusting. Now, I'm really glad that the writing actually kept out a lot of crass details because there was the potential for them to get, you know, a little raunchier with the, the wording on it, like be a little more graphic in descriptions. But I'm glad they kept it as like, as clean as you can, uh, considering the art style and, you know, what they were going for. So, Are you saying you thought it would have been, like, very distracting if it's like, God, you want to shit in your bucket the whole life or something like that? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, even no. even if it was PG language or, or yeah, actually PG thirteen language, not just swearing, but you know, just like more less listenable dialogue would have definitely distracted from the performance uh, from the overall show. So like she could have yeah, gotten so, like really really angry and like get like me where I curse a lot or like just get like really could've... off the wall, but she didn't. So that's a good on to yeah, the writing. No. Right, yeah, like we said, like Sentai both... has done that in the past in some shows before. Not so much nowadays. They seem to be doing better about this. Um, you mean like Diabolic Lovers, a... More Blood? 
it, where we it, say when fuck the for no style reason. is appropriate. Not every show is, is Diabolic Lovers. I know this is not the good example to say, considering the writer of Diabolic Lovers is on tonight's show, but that's another story for another time. Point is, I, I, I get the point you're saying, Noah, and I do agree with you on that. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, so, wonderful job on you, Mrs. Moore. I don't have any bad things to say, and... Um, uh, me and Gigi will have words more about uh, her discussion a, a, of the other another character, character another later, later. Anyways, uh, you did a great job, ma'am. And 10 out of 10, I'm glad you found your way back to the school. I'm totally Andrew, right, by the way. You, Please tell me I'm right. Don't, Andrew, get it, girl. You don't have I hope to you get score more all of them. Okay. Um, anyways. Get it, girl. Um, ha, ha, hold up. This is odd. Um... I, I could have sworn I had another section planned, but I, oh, I don't seem to see anything here <laughs> for it. Don't I'm do not this sure. Um, were we supposed to talk about somebody else right now? Don't you bring this evil on our house, Andrew. Were we supposed to talk about somebody else? Um, don't you see her? She's right here. Right next to me. Who? It's Megan. It's Megune. Surprise, she's going to be on this episode with us, too. I can't do episodes without her anymore. GG, that's not an appropriate G -G. name to use for your teacher. Look, she only teaches me about Fujo stuff. GG, your Fujo teacher, she died months ago. What? She, she, she's she, been she, gone. She, she's been gone for so long. She she's cares. not here anymore. Look, okay. don't destroy my dreams, Andrew. Well... Also, the Easter Bunny doesn't exist. I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you. Who brings me so, chocolate? Now, now is the time to bring up the next character on the docket tonight. And that is Miss Megumi Sakura. Otherwise known as Megune. Megune. Straight up, one of the single most effective reveals in this show outside of the first episode was the deal with Megane. Because I appreciate, like, I never got that on the first watch. I never got it on the first watch. The oh, second I watch, though. I got it. The second watch, though, it's so fucking clear. It's okay, so but, clear. But did you or did you not catch it in episode three before they did the Megane reveal in episode six? Because Mickey not, straight oh, up says, I, says, Mickey straight up says, Megune was. Yeah. And I was like, they just knew it in episode that, three. That did not catch me. I did not catch that at all, actually. Really? Now, the show it's such a subtle thing that you could easily, like, you could read into it, but you could also easily miss it and be like, ah, it's whatever. Well, there's a very, you miss it because the show intentionally misled you because they had a whole episode spoken from Megune's perspective in first-person dialogue. So she's saying it like, oh, this is like a flashback from like before this all happened, but I'm still alive to tell you this flashback. So they, they lied, they flat out lied to you. But I wonder so, if that so was good. on purpose or not. Of course it was on it purpose. It absolutely was on purpose. But the did whole they show do it was on in the purpose. Japanese? Do what? Did the they straight up spoil that Megune was dead in episode three? I, I cannot no. confirm that to you. I don't think that was... If it was there, it was probably intentional or meant to be like, what's up? But I don't think... I disagree that it was a straight up spoiler. That was just something where it's like, 
you could read into it or you or you blink and you miss it. But before I mean, we maybe go I just got the, it because I was like intentionally trying to it. see when they were going to say that she was dead because I couldn't remember. Exactly. I couldn't remember exactly. when I, they blew I, it. Like, you, the you the thing that probably more. tipped you off that could have tipped you off if you were if you had an inkling of a noticing was when they had to get the car. And you're yes. wondering to yourself, why is Kurumi the one who's getting the car? Should the you're teacher right, be you're right. That's what the, that's what took that's what tipped me off the first time I watched it. I was like, why doesn't she just drive her own fucking car? You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're absolutely yep. right. I, I Anyways, also, it, I still oh. didn't assume that. Children, children, class is still in <sighs> session, and I need to direct today's lesson. There's nobody there. This whole class is dead. <laughs> Even the teacher is dead. It's all over. The the teacher's over here. The teacher's over here. My senpai's over there. My kohai's over there. Her braids are over there. Hers is in the flowers. (laughs) The choker is over there. And oh, oh, why why are there? By the way. All the sports meetings outside. Completely unrelated. I love the whole scene when it's like she's explaining who Taromaru is to the choker girl. And it's like, well, he wears a collar. And sometimes yes! he tries yes! pouncing on top of me. And sometimes he pulls my skirt up. Just That was the so part excited. that I swear to God, I think David Wald wrote. Please confirm or deny. <laughs> I can believe, You're probably right. I can believe you. Anyways, with that said, it's time to talk about who is playing the lovely teacher Megan A. And that is Stephanie Whittles. Stephanie Whittles has played such other roles as Kyoko Ibuki from Clan Ed, Aoi Misato from Tokyo Majin, Misaki Nakahara from Welcome to the NHK, Kano Kirishima from Air, and Toka Toto from Chivalry of a Failed Knight. Now, Gigi, what did you think of our beloved Megan A? Megune was one of the roles I would have swapped again. Um, But I I don't know. See, here's my thing with Megune. I think she sounds too young, but her dialogue is so mature that it, it like bumps her age up to Uh, you want to think that she's old, but she really in my head sounded just like one of the kids, which is fine um that's kind of like what they were going for but i thought that Mm -hmm. when she was trying to make herself sound young like usually during like the last episode previews and stuff she sounded too old so i like i don't weird it's very strange i thought it was very so to you so to you it's like when she's trying to sound old she sounds too young but when she's trying to sound young she sounds too old yes i thought it was just very strange i thought it was slightly off and i don't know if it was done that way on purpose because i mean hi she's dead and maybe we're just listening to her through yuki's memories right now instead of what she actually would have sounded like but on the same token i can't think of how i would actually want her to sound now she's not the role that i was going to swap with k but I do want to swap mm-hmm. her with with a, a different actress, um, but I just Let, I thought like, it would be off to me. We could I speak hypotheticals. We could speak hypotheticals about who could have, would have, or should have played its who and what all night. But well, I'm gonna, all, I'm gonna talk about it when we get to the other characters. But it's right. I wouldn't swap her with Kay. But I just there's something off about it 
and I you had gripes. I can't put my finger on it. Now, right. do you have any qualms with the? You have qualms with the way her voice sounded. Do you have qualms with her acting? No, not really. I thought she did really good. Like when she was in, she was writing in the diary. I thought that was really good. Um, I just, yeah. I just, I feel like there's something off. It, you, it's something about the voice didn't quite sit with you correctly. Yeah. I understand, because I definitely recall her actress in Japanese being a very distinct big sister type seiyuu actress. I don't know the actress per se, but I, I know the, the kind of thing you're trying to go for. I will say, though, this was one that took me a little bit to get used to myself, but push comes to shove, she actually did the moments justice. Like, she's airheaded and cute with an aura of confidence and seriousness when the chips are down. Like her... I, I think some of the comedic timing is definitely a little weird and off myself. Doesn't quite, like, click as well. But I will say, her, her dramatic moments and, like, the big moments of, like, her trying to remember the kids, like, when shit's going down. And in the final scene where she talks to Yuki in the penultimate episode, our fuck, yes. I think she's fantastic. She's fantastic yes. in, like, the dramatic so, moments. That messed me up so badly. It's like, we're hearing a voice <laughs> that, it, it's almost like an echo, and it's coming from down the hall, but no, it's it's just in Yuki's head. But Like, at that point, it's she so is straight up, like, we, we do not even see Megude at that point. We only hear her because we are Yuki in that moment, and we see her yeah. as, like, a ghost. We are Yuki, yeah. We see her as a ghost, and it's it's so ominous, but the fucking reveal of, like, when she finally opens the door, and, like, after you're seeing the bright sunshine of what she wants to see, and then the reality of where she died and all the blood splattered, it's such a good moment. It hurts so good, and honestly, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say this. I, I do think she sounds a little weird with, like, the, the comedic timing, and some of that sounds a little off. The dramatic beats... Which was what was necessary for Megan A. I think Stephanie nails. I agree with you. I agree Noah. with that. Yeah, Stephanie... No. I've had a mixed history with uh, some of Stephanie's performances. And it kind of ties into what Gigi was saying about her... Just her natural voice. Because um, whenever she tries to play a high school student, even if her acting is okay, the voice on it always sounds older. Like, it's not a convincing enough high school voice which is a lot of whatever characters have been in the past. So I was really glad that she got to actually voice uh, what's supposed to be an adult character here. Um, I, I'm assuming that she's probably like in her mid-20s because she has just gotten her teaching degree and doesn't quite have the confidence of a seasoned teacher yet and still views her students almost like fellow friends, even though you're not supposed to do that as a yeah, teacher. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I could totally buy that she does sound like younger or a little like naive and inexperienced since that's what she's supposed to go for. Right, and I don't think I've ever heard Stephanie play this kind of voice because a lot of times she'll have, um, if it's a Moe voice, it'll be the aloof, uh, but it's supposed to be, um, like, you're supposed to overlook that kind of voice. But in this case, we're not supposed to overlook her airheadedness because it gets called out a lot, and it also kind of lends itself to the charm of her character. So I'm glad that Stephanie got a chance to kind of stretch her chops on this one because I, I, this mo this style, this art style... I did not realize until, like, maybe episode two that she was supposed to be a teacher. It was... I thought she was, like, maybe Dang. just supposed to be an, an older student. Or an advisor. Until it's you realize so 
That the little kid, that a little kid that looks like she just got out of middle school as a senior, but you know, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, even as someone who is who really likes Lucky Star or a lot of K- Keo Annie shows where the the look does not match the age, even that was like I'm just. I don't know about this one. It's probably because I watched Assassination Classroom not too long ago, and the like. It's the same studio who did this one, and the design of the school is kind of similar, and a bit some of the faces look kind of similar. I, too. I'd say the the character designs are completely different from a classination. A classination. A assassination classroom. classroom. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on which character we're talking about. Like that was another show that uh, could also kind of trick you into thinking some characters were different than what they actually were. Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, uh, and this one, uh, we're going to talk about Stephanie in a future episode uh, for a very recent uh, Sentai show. Probably a couple episodes. Which one it is. A couple episodes probably down the road. This is my favorite Stephanie role I think that I've heard in quite a while. And so, especially for those dramatic moments, it bounces out really well. And she was actually responsible for the two most uh, mind-rapey scenes in in the entire show for me. The first was when... Yuki is re-remembering them driving home from the mall, and she's, like, confused because she's trying to picture her in the car, but she's not actually there, and she has, like, a mental breakdown moment. And the second scene was when we actually see where Megune is in the last half of the show, and we see that she's, like, trying to write. She was trying to write a message to her students as she's losing her mind, and we see a bit of the scrawling says, I'm hungry. Oh, God. The, that the, fucked the me fuck, up so the badly. No- the notebook was especially painful because that's straight that's straight up her in her final moments trying to remember. And it's like the clear thing of even if zombified, there's that lingering feeling that in the show especially that memories still exist even once zombification happens. So even yeah. then it's like her trying to hold on to what she remembers, but her urges and like bloodlust still getting to her and that hurt. It was. Oh, it just so, yeah. killed me when the blood dropped on Kurumi's name. And I was like, oh, no. oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so Thank I you. will talk about this more. The direction, the fucking straight up anime direction in this show is stellar. Oh, it's oh, yeah. so good. Sound design, the visual presentation and direction of certain scenes, certain moments, fucking fantastic. Like, that's what elevates this series so much for me. But. And I think it's time that we lay our beloved Megane to rest and move on with our lives. Gigi, the shovel, if you will. Grace, how sweet the sound. Her fucking tomb is right in the first episode, and you didn't even realize it. God no, damn, the show's amazing. See this show hurts, man. All right. So now that we've gone from advisor. I believe it's time to meet the lovely ladies of the School Life Club. First, with our very responsible leader, it's time we discuss Yuri Wakaza, otherwise known as Risan. So, Risan is the beloved big sister type, very kind, friendly, but when things don't go her way, she's got a little bit of a scary side to her. Especially when things happen. Oh, boy. So, we have a big sister character. Who amongst the esteemed Sentai pool of actors could we possibly get to pull this off? I'm glad you asked, Noah. And the person who is playing uh, our beloved Risan is none other than 
Lucy Christian. Uh, Lucy Ooh. Christian, you might be familiar with Ooh. such Ooh. other roles as Nagisa Furukawa from Clanad, Vivi Holopainen from Chika the Coffin Princess, Elsie from The World God Only Knows, Meenery from Log Horizon, and Beatrix from Diabolic Lovers, just to name a few. Um, wow, I didn't know you were going to go there. Gigi, I know you're on board with this. I, I, do, I made several of these choices, especially for you and Noah. Anyways. Aww. I ca- don't Never say I don't care. Anyways. <laughs> Gigi, what did you think of uh, Lucy Christian? Um. Well, first off, I straight up couldn't recognize her until I looked at the credits at the end. Thank you could not recognize her i was like no who is that like i kind of like them it sounds sort of familiar but i can't quite put my finger on it and then i saw the credits i was like you're shitting me so i had to watch episode two and i was like oh well maybe um lucy is a goddamn wizard she is so good i love lucy christian so much she's in my top uh voice actress harem for sure um, Lu- Lucy has a lot of years of experience at this point, and this this role shows for me. I love Lucy Christian so much that like my mom gave me an Audible subscription because she's like, you should at least listen to books in the car when you drive all these damn places you do. So what did I do? I just downloaded all the ones that Lucy <laughs> Christian narrates. So speaking I of like- books, speaking of books, can we talk about the fact that... Uh, Miki was reading a Stephen King, uh, I'm sorry, a Stephen King novel called The Stand, which is straight up about, like, a post-apocalypse after a virus, like, destroys the world. Yes. It- mm-hmm. God That's damn, the-, the foreshadowing in episode one is so good, especially on the rewatch. I'm sorry, I- I- I'm sorry I interrupted you. Please continue. It's all good. I just... We'll talk about that more when we get to Miki. We will. Um, I thought she sounded more mature than any of the other girls. I thought she sounded more mature than Megune, which I would not have been sad if Lucy and Stephanie swapped roles. I knew that was the one you were going to say. I knew you knew. I knew you knew it. Um, I just... I I really liked her as, as... Resan. I thought she was super moe cute, especially in the pool episode, which is like my least favorite episode of this, obviously. But even um, then, she's a badass. I know. I loved her so much in it. I was like, oh my God, actually, Resan gets a personality in this episode. Awesome. <laughs> um, but I got I to gotta say, guys, the, the pain, the pain that she has when she's babysitting Kurumi. Oh, oh God. My. That God. was a, that the, is the not an easy decision. The knife, the, that ugh, was not an easy that decision. That is what hurt me. Like I could feel the terror in her face. Good God, that 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 is never an easy situation to have to deal with. But like straight up, she how would have. How would you know that, Andrew? How how would you know about the difficult decisions about whether or not to kill your best friend because they're turning into a zombie? Do you speak from experience? Uh, I I played Telltale's The Walking Dead, which is basically the same thing, to be honest. Uh, any, oh, anyways, oh. Uh, as for what I think on Lucy S. Resan, uh, Lucy's adorable and amazing. That would be enough said, but I feel she has, like, she's the most, cu- like, sort of, like, responsible and cute and kind of sweet. But she has some moments where the delivery on certain lines that are executed have such a strong undertone to them that it yes. straight up like caught me off guard. Like I she said, like she bites in this. Like she she's bites got hard. some 
bite, which is probably inappropriate to talk about since we're talking about a show about zombies, but... The <laughs> point still stands. I'm gonna let that joke pass. The point still stands. Yeah, like I said, the idea that it's straight up her saying about Yuki's condition and her getting better isn't our concern. Just the There's so much <laughs> eeriness in that line. There's so much fucking depth into that that's scary the idea that they want her to be happy but like use her to calm their nerves in this fucking naive fantasy it's fascinating and it's scary and it's fucked but it's really interesting i also love the delivery of like her re talking about like reliving like uh miki going on with her nightmares and her just the way she says i have that dream every night and it's just it's like she's she's got the She's clearly being responsible since she is the one that has to lead them since the one who was there is no longer there, but boy, she's well, got and some Lucy shit Lucy Christian's been around the block so much with her voice acting that she just brings depth to these characters. And one that I am surprised that you did not mention, I know because this is a Sentai show, but she brings so much depth to Ochako, who's a character <laughs> who I normally would not like until she, you know, fought with Bakugo. And then I was like, oh... Oh, okay, I can get behind this shit, so... You know, I am glad you brought that up, because I was so pissed off at everyone who said, Oh, Ochaku is just a Mary Sue character, like, oh, during the first season. Oh, fuck those people! And then, and we were like, Fuck those, those people! Mo you mother cluckers, you just wait and see. You wait and see, this girl is going to make the training, or, um, the, what's it called, the fighting arc, the... The, the school festival. Arc. Thank you, I was gonna say student arc, but I'm like, no, that's a different show. Yeah, yeah, that scene... Yeah, no, uh, Lucy Christian, she's spectacular. Um, do you have any other particular things you want to add to this, Noah, or if we basically said it all? Uh, I, I almost didn't recognize that it was her, and that was uh, also because she not only can change her voice from uh, high-pitched Nagisa to lower pitch, but she can also change her speech patterns, and she's done that in a couple shows before. Like, she actually plays two different characters in Kaleido Star that you don't know because she voices them with different speech patterns. By so. the way, um, I'm interrupting for you for a second. Um, another role, like, she's got some versatility. Uh, I didn't mention this one. Uh, Freaking uh, Medusa from Soul from Eater. Soul Eater. Like, yep, that sounds... I, I, yeah. Listening to Lucy then and now, it's like... Going from Medusa to uh, Nagisa from Clanad is straight up night and day freaky. <laughs> I'm always surprised by people who say that their first exposure to Lucy Christian was Nagisa from Clanad because that she'd been voice acting main shows for like ten years by the time that dub yeah. came out. So, so I'm simply, like, you guys have put, a lot to catch up on. Lucy's got a lot of work under her belt, and her performance as Rison shows. And the part that caught me the most, though, was there, there were parts of this where. I didn't think I was I was gonna like this character. I was kind of like Gigi too, where I said like, well, she doesn't quite get as much of a personality. But it was during their um, when they go on their uh, uh, their mission down to the school store in the middle of the night to get supplies, and she's got this th this commanding persona about her that she's like laser focused on getting everything done without becoming so cold hearted, and that's really hard to do. Like I almost envisioned the character as someone who is smiling with no eyes at all. Like, that kind of dead soul, but still chugging along persona to her. And I'm really glad that Lucy was, like, able to dig deep down and get that out of her. Like, probably as a mom herself, she, like, dug a lot of her maternal self into the role. 
Thank you, Lucy, for auditioning for this role. Well said, Noah. Well <laughs> said. And I'm going to take that bit about digging and dig a little further to talk about who, in oh my, my personal God. opinion, is you the best... <laughs> I'm good at segues! Never doubt my skills! You suck. You suck like a straw. I, I almost wanted to play that straight, but I had to toot my horn a little bit. Anyways, uh, it's time to talk about my personal best girl in this Is show. Is it best girl? Karumi Ebisuzawa. Best girl! Best girl. I know, Gigi! Yeah, internet high, high five. High five! This is the first time we've ever agreed on anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nah, there has to have like been suckers stuff. for Snaggletooth or what? Dude, she's got she's got twin tails. She's got the snaggle too. She is the she's cutest. a badass and she's adorable. She has and striped the shovel arm makes her warmers. Awesome. She has a shovel. Yes, she does. She's adorable and a badass, and I, that does a lot for me. And she's straight up the best. Also, she ha she's shown early on as being the one who had to make the ballsy decision to basically kill the guy she he was in love with, realizing. This guy's fucking dead. That hurts my it, life. And there was something even more effective about the way they showed her doing it. Like, they didn't show splat, splat, splat. It's ah, cut to black. Slams down, cut to black. Slams down, cut to black. Just, like, you didn't you know, see it. You just felt it. If that guy was still alive, I bet he'd actually go for it. Because, um, in the immortal words of a wiser person than myself... I love a woman who can kick my ass. Amen. Anyways, she's like I said, she's into men with a bit of a deeper edge. Anyways, I think it's uh. time to talk about... Uh, okay, you signed up for an episode with me. Segways and puns, that's what you were expecting. That If you didn't <laughs> expect that, that's your own damn fault. Okay? okay. <laughs> it's too late. Anyways. You know how long it's been since I've done an episode without another girl in it? It's been me and girls for the past year. Gigi, we are what you are an honorary male for this night. Great. Look, it's I'll just okay. Be the shovel. Look, Gigi, Gigi, we're glad you could be a part of this three-way, but that's aside the point. Let's talk about. Okay. <laughs> we're going for something emotional there, Andrew. We're trying to make it special, and you went and you ruined it with your testosterone. Oh lordy. How dare you? Look, we're talking about some sad stuff tonight. We need to lighten it up with a little crude humor. You know what I'm saying? Not like that. <laughs> I don't All even right. want to think about the doujinshi that this show has generated. I'm and waiting. I know you know what? No, 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 no. Stop. Stop. Because it is straight up goes to places you don't want it to go. I knew, I knew you've seen it before, you naughty boy. You gotta stop retweeting those loot Pokemon. Okay. You know, at some point, I straight up should just make like a not safe for work to or Twitter just to. What yes. the fuck are we talking about? Oh right, we're talking about. We're talking best about best girl. girl. Best, girl best girl besides me. Best girl. Best, best girl. Karumi Ebisuzawa is voiced by Juliet Simmons. Uh, you might have heard Juliet Simmons Yay. in such other roles as Kurame from Akame Ga Kill, Shizuzu, Shizuzu Kurugane from Chivalry of a Fail Knight, Tenri Ayukawa and Diana from The World God Only Knows Goddesses, Ryoko Sato from Aura, and Chio Sakura from Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. Now, Gigi, uh, what did you think of Juliet Simmons? Best girl? 
aside from being best girl, which is pretty much a fact, but continue. Um, well, actually, I'd never heard anything she did until we did the My Love Story episode, and she played best girl in My Love Story, too. Like, I think there's just something about her that I really like, like her acting and her tone of voice. I really like it. Um, I think, and this is me, her playing Karumi had the most emotion and the most passion out of the entire cast. Bold I, statement. I felt her so hard. Like, after she got bit, legitimately, I felt her pain. She was squealing on that fucking couch, and I was squealing right along with her. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, the stop. It hurts now, so did, bad. The screams, no, no. the screams are so convincing that she gives. It's fucking scary and amazing. Continue. Like, she plays this so well because she has to be super strong, okay? She has to be super sensitive, too, because she's the romantic out of all of them. Because she's the one who's in love, and then she has to fucking hit him with Mr. Shovel, and then she falls in love with her shovel. And Karumi. she's the one that she's the one that brings up, like, get, like, marriage as, like, a future thing. Exactly. She's the girl with the shovel, and I, I just... <laughs> Everything that came out of her mouth was just so good and so well spoken and had a lot of emotion behind it. it was, I thought her role was really well directed also, just because it's so hard for one person to have to go to all those different levels in the I span agree. of 13 episodes. So Kurumi was my favorite character before. Actually, Kurumi and Mickey were kind of tied for my favorite characters. But this dub performance, like, Kurumi Best Girl all the way. Juliet Simmons did an amazing job. And she just keeps voicing my best girls, so. I agree. I I agree. I, I think that Juliet shows the perfect level of, like, spunk, tomboy badassery while simultaneously having that sense of, like, sensitivity and vulnerability in, like, the scenes. Like, when she's talking about her feelings to Megane before the Z Zambambos hit the floor and as well as all that. Like, she cares the most. That's why it hurts her the most. And goddamn, you see her screaming and, like, being so distraught and being, like, that's why she doesn't want to see her friends suffer. She wants her friends to take her out before she can make them suffer. She's one of the ones that cares the most, even though she has to put on this act and be a badass. Which I think... She fucking she she pulls off perfectly and god damn those screams holy shit they uh, hurt me they hurt they me hurt so so bad and so good but oh my god the pain is the pain hurts so uh, it the hurts so good it's just like my saturday night <laughs> <laughs> it hurts also, so we good have the but the pain we throw it in there it hurts so good, but the pain's so bad. Noah, take us out of our misery and continue. Help there me. The keys are over in the corner. Okay. All right. Um, I will make you appreciate this character even more than you already do because we love her. And I'm I'm not going to say she was the best girl, but she was at the very least second best girl. I'll agree with you at least that far. Acceptable. She serves a... Okay. In all zombie stories, you need... Um, I think this would be called a tanker is what it's referred to as uh, someone I... who deals out the massive damage. Yeah. I could see now, that. Now, usually, usually in a show like this, or in an anime at the very least, the one person who's the fighter is also the one with the heart of stone. Is like the quiet, reserved one with white, ha white short hair. Is like the, uh, is the Ray Ayanami clone. 
the, and I'm really glad they did not do that in this uh, show, that they gave her instead the, uh, almost the Sundari personality instead, without the, the flip-flop between, um, I'm gonna kill you and, well, you wanna go have lunch on the school rooftop. So, Juliet getting to play that kind of character for this role got all, the whole spectrum really well, because she's all peppy and perky when she's around everybody else, but then you see her vulnerabilities in instances where she goes off on her own and has to either uh, beat off the zombies, or she sometimes gets cornered and like has to fight her way out of it, and she plays it all believably as the same character. I didn't feel a disconnect between the seriouser, I'm scared moments, and the looser, let's have a good time with some water guns kind of personality. To say nothing of the screaming, I do not know what you did, Shannon, to uh, elicit this kind of performance out of Juliet. I, I, I don't know if you like uh, like threatened to smash her phone or it was like holding her grandparents hostage off screen. Or, Imagine uh, the, the time you stubbed your pinky toe, the worst, most imaginable pain like that. That is not- no, no, that- no, no, no. If okay, Noah, Noah, I stubbed my toe so hard a few weeks ago, I felt the pain that entire day. Understood, but did that make you swear? It made me curse and swear like a motherfucker for at least two minutes, and I woke my roommates up, so yes. Okay, good, good. But that's a different level of screaming. There, there is a rainbow of screaming, you know? It's a spectrum, like sex, you know? It's a spectrum of screaming. And in this case, we're not looking at, I stub my toe and I want to choke a motherfucker. We're looking at, I am losing my mind and I'm trying desperately to hold on to the little bit of humanity I have while the world is crumbling around Thank me. You. And I kind of want to gnaw on my friend's hands because it looks really tasty. That is the level that Julia gets to. Well and how said. do you get to that level? Like, seriously. Well, Good job. I'm pretty sure somebody was just like, hey, uh, we're going to show your Twitter page to everyone you know and love. Because that girl, that girl shit posts a lot, and I love her for it. <laughs> Does she really? I, I'm going to have to follow her on Twitter now. You should. Yeah, I, she's I got a YouTube page, too. She does like a lot of Vocaloid covers, too. It's great. Oh, I love Vocaloid. But if you've seen her picture on ANN, it's like this cutesy picture with, uh, what, what is she holding? She's got a... I, I, don't know which character that is uh, it's like, like chopper from um one piece or something like that i'm gonna have to look at that later but you're probably wrong whatever it is anyways we're all in agreement that's always we're all in agreement that karumi is fantastic and juliet simmons is equally as fantastic would 10 out of 10 would shovel again Shen 10 out of 10 100 out of 100 shovel coon x karumi it was always meant to be OTP. Now, is that one of the Dojins? I maybe. I don't know. I'll get back to you sure on that. You don't. No, please don't. I prefer that. <laughs> Look, I prefer that to anything with the zombies. Okay. Okay. Whoever's editing Wait, this, they just make cut Dojin this part with out. the zombies. Yes. What? They do. Ew. It's what? terrible. When is necrophilia a thing? Yes, it's the word. Okay, no, we will what? not soil my girl in that image. No, no, we will not. Is this like not. a Zombieland, uh, Bill Murray kind of situation where they like pretend to be zombies so they don't get eaten by the zombies? No, uh, no, uh, you naive, stupid fucking child. You know exactly what it is.
You two are so out of control, and I and like you never are behave you gonna, yourself. Are you gonna have to paddle? Unlike, us? unlike, unlike the beloved angel that is Miki Naoki, otherwise known as Miku. Unlike you two, she is a very well-behaved club member, and she is a very good girl. Let's talk about Miku, shall we? You, you know we we love you, Andrew. You know we just pick on you because we can. You you it's because I'm I'm the Kohai, even though I'm the one currently acting like the senpai. Kinda like Mikun. And Yuki. Segways! Alright. Okay, Look that was that like a segue. three out of ten. I I do my best. This is the one I'm especially gonna have to crack the whip on. Anyways, uh the mm -hmm. actress who is playing um the the character of Mikun is Cynthia Martinez. Uh, Cynth Cynthia Martinez, you'll heard in such roles as Iliasfiel von Einsburn from Fate Khalid, Kanabi no Mikoto from Air, Momoko Oginome from Cross Ange. She is the second voice of Chihiro Kosaka from The World God Only Knows, and she is the voice of Hermes from Kino's Journey. I would have massacred you if you did not end on that, so thank you very much. I was going to mention Hermes from Kino's Journey, no matter what. So, from what I've heard from the two of you in passing, this is one that the consensus is completely split down the middle. So, I will do my best to let the two parties speak and not slit each other's throats. All right. Who wants to well, go if we're first? We're going to be like, let's pretend like we're on debate team. We are on I debate used to do team, this. Yes. So, um, so there is Noah, much which, which, which side would you like to take, Noah? Actually, I, have, I believe... I are have you going to take pro or con? I believe as we've... Andrew. Oh, sorry. All right. As the person who really likes Cynthia Martinez's roles, and especially liked her in this, I'm gonna go pro-Cynthia in the Mikun discussion. I will take the con. So By as pro, as pro, you get to go first. Excellent. So, to full disclaimer to everyone out there, Cynthia Martinez is one who both me and Gigi have heard in many roles in the past and prior to going into this show. Like, we already had our own preconceived yes. views of her acting before going into this. So yes. that this show did not change that at all, but it did kind of color kind of what our uh, both of our reactions were to the character. Now, me, for one... Mikun is a character that's got a ball of nerves, like, not even just in the acting, but on the facial expressions, on... All of her lines, her body language, all of it is just a ball of nerves of someone who you kind of feel like will never, ever get her regular confidence back again. And as such, Cynthia has this natural rasp to her voice that isn't played up so much here. She plays kind of her uh, more uh, straight-sounding voice, but it's still got her uh, delivery. She's got this very distinct, almost like southwestern delivery in all of the uh, many of the roles she's played. And I really liked it here. It really conveyed all of the worry in this character that kind of made me like her even more than I already did as just a regular, uh, the character on paper was. So, that is pro me. Opening statements from Khan. Well, 
my my opening statement to the other side of this waifu war is that Miki used to be my favorite character in the Japanese. Like aesthetically, this is like best girl top tier waifu status. She's got the short blonde hair, which I like. She's kind of a secret slut. I mean, bitch wears garters. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that she was, is. Okay, that was, okay that, they did make a point of showing that off. I'll give you that. Like the only good fan servicey part of this show was the fact that fucking Mickey wears garters. And I was like, wow, she is like an undercover slut. So I was like, all right, go Mickey. And I really loved her in the Japanese. Like she was like so cool and reading Stephen King and she could read in English. And I love this character so much. Um, And, and then we got to the English dub and Mickey sounded like a, a stoic, little robot kind kind of like this where I felt very much like the emotion was lacking in almost every scene and I couldn't get behind it please sir with your rebuttal well it's I don't know if I can rebuttal a reaction to the Japanese comparison because I did not listen to the Japanese but um the emotion okay um you said that it was robotic sounding yes now and i don't very stoic as the character is very stoic that's good but it didn't sound to me like there was any any emotion behind the stoicness it just sounded super robotic okay um there is a truth to that but it fits within the context of the story because each of these four main characters has a different defense mechanism that they use to survive the reality, like just to cope with what's going on. Um, we've got uh, Risan has uh, serious laser-focused attention to get things done as effectively as possible. Kurumi is a little more uh, perky, a little more spunky about it. And we'll talk more about Yuki's her own coping mechanism. Mikun is the one who just kind of shut down. Like, she was already before this whole thing happened, sort of uh, an unsure girl who was a bookworm, therefore wasn't much of a social person. So the added stress of everything going on with, she's lost a friend, she's lost everyone she's known, cannot really imagine surviving on her own. Like she does almost die at one point and would have if not for everyone else coming to save her. That believability, I got believability out of Cynthia's acting in it. Um, yeah. So, rebuttal to the rebuttal. I didn't. I didn't. I got acting in one point, and that was when she was reading the letter that she put in the balloon. That is the one time in the English dub where I felt emotion from Miki. That's the only time. I didn't feel it when the zombies were chasing her. I didn't feel it with the dog. I didn't feel it when she was locked in the room with Kay. Maybe because Kay's performance overshadowed it so much in my mind that I just, I literally felt nothing from from Mickey at all. And she's is very, like the character is very into logic and she's into trying to figure everything out. But she's, cause she's always like, um, shouldn't somebody tell Yuki that she's batshit crazy? And they're like, no, 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 no. But she like gets it. Like she knows what the hell's going on. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's painful to not be able to discern through the voice. Like when the light bulb goes on and off, like you'd think there would be some kind of like biting tone or some kind of like confused tone 
or something, but I just felt it was one note through 98%. All right. So we will keep, just for the sake of time and interest, we will go to final remarks from both parties. First, Pro Camp. All right. Um, the way to translate this into English, uh, this particular type of role, could have gone in multiple directions, and I like the way that they did it in English because Cynthia has a very distinct delivery that I don't think any other actress has and stands out in contrast to the other actresses, therefore makes it much more... It makes it for a more a more distinct and enjoyable listening experience, which I did not have a problem with, and I thought fit her plight in the series. All right, final remarks, Khan. I just wanted to feel something, and I, I've had I have issues. Like there are just some voice voices that just get to me. I won't list them all here, but just some of them just do not resonate with me well. And this is a personal thing. So I feel like kind of really bad saying it because this girl's been working for a very long time, but some of them just hit me the wrong way. And this one hit me the wrong way, not in a good way, like with the shovel. And I'll concede, I, I have ones who we will actually talk about in a bit who I, I've had right. a similar reaction to. All right, so... Congratu Andrew. Congratulations to the both of you. I did not have to Take step in nice. at all during that. Part of it was other reasons, but aside from that, y'all did a fantastic job <laughs> with that. Now, where do I so stand? Who won? I'll who won? Where do I'll you tell you right? who I will decide as the winner as my own personal opinion on the matter. I am well, on the... I am, I am siding with the pro camp. I no! I want my medal. Here's my thing. It took a little bit of, for to get used to the RAS, but this one grew on me for a bit. It actually worked really well to show her in regards to her frustration, her fear, and her confusion. And it's just there's some great delivery in certain lines where it's like, I, I want I put, put particular note in. I don't know how to feel about it, or why it scares me. Just the way she delivered that. And she gets the emotional beats for me well, like when she like freaks out and she's crying and like holding him too hard. And especially in like the final episode where it's like, oh no, oh no, mm. Dougie, no, that hurts. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, I thought, I thought that Mikun, I, it, it was a little, it took me a little bit to get used to, but I was surprised by Cynthia Martinez and I am siding with Pro in this one. But there is no right or wrong to either of your stances. I thought you both had valid ed points. Yeah, if there if there are listeners out there who had GG same reaction to the performance, that I, I get where it's coming from. I don't share it, but I get it. And that is about I, as much conceit as you're going to get. Opinions me. are a lot like zombies. Noah, they love eating everything Noah, around them. I know that Noah really loves what? Cynthia Martinez. So I, I, I understand where you're coming from because I think we should switch roles. Switch roles. Should we do it? Can so you be a switch for tonight? You mean like you want me to be on the anti-Cynthia side for a second? No, no, no. I think in about 
as soon as Andrew makes a segue, oh, we're gonna switch. I think it. You know what? Wait, wait. You know what? I see what you you're mean... getting at. I see what you're getting at. Let's. You don't mean. Let's let's invert for the, the way last character. Let let us, ladies mm. and gentlemen, invert our way of thinking. Let's see the world from another perspective. Let's put on our rose-tinted glasses, and then several minutes later realize there's those glasses weren't rose-tinted. Those are straight-up bloody glasses. T cat ears. Cat ears for Tonight, everyone. All of you. It's time to discuss... That was fucking good. It's time we discuss uh, our final character for tonight, our main character, uh, Yuki Takeya. Yuki Takeya is the title character and the one where we see in her mind and in her eyes not all is quite at odds with the world around her and the entirety of the show is watching her suppress deal with and come to terms with the world and the and the life around her and it is it is hurt it it breaks it hurts everything about it you see this adorable little child and it's i just want to give her a fucking hug and tell her everything's going to be daijoku because she fucking needs it <laughs> but alas but alas it's time to discuss uh who the leading lady of our leading lady is and that honor mm -hmm. goes to Brittany karbowski uh, Brittany Karbowski, you'll, you'll know for such other <laughs> roles as Mavis Vermillion from Fairy Tale, the first voice of Chihiro Kosaka from The World God Only Knows, Ryo Fuchibayashi from Clanid, Chika Bodwan, aka Red Chika from Ka Chika the Coffin Princess, Arisu Marisato, the little child, the little pink-haired child from High School of the Dead, and Yuki. Yoshida from Is This a Zombie? And yes, and yes, before you ask me, those were intentional. Bravo. Really? I couldn't tell. You're being so subtle about it. For God's sake, she Bravo. plays the she plays the pink-haired child in High School of the Dead, and she plays a character named Yuki in a show called Is This a Zombie? God damn, you can't get a more perfect segue than that. D did they ever actually answer the question, I is it a zombie? He's a fucking zombie through and through, yeah. I is it is it okay to pick up zombies in a dungeon? Look, he, pick no. he picks up a lot of girls, but it's you's best girl. Anyway, speaking of you, let's talk about Yuki. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to break the mold for this one, actually. I want to go first. Really? I want to go first. That's fair. We 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 did shut you out of the last debate, so um, we did. Why don't you uh, t take the take this cat ears, put put them on, you know, just fit them on. Okay, you have the microphone. Yeah, Give yeah. us our graduation speech. Okay, Yuki is a perfect, adorable, naive little idiot, but she is absolutely, positively precious. It's like something where it's like just the delivery in all of her lines. There's always this quirkiness. There's always this lightheartedness, this joy and enthusiasm spring in her step. Just like uh, all the seeds. Like she gives me some genuine laughs 
Like, especially in the first episode when she's talking about Taromaru and she makes it sound like she's got a really pushy, like, very sexual boyfriend when it's just, oh, the dog's pulling her skirt, whatever. And then it's like, when she's chasing him down to try and give him a bath and she's like, her, her back and forth with Miki is really interesting because you have the stoic, like, basically stand-in, like, the everyman reacting to the eccentric person. But, boy, holy shit. When those emotional beats kick in, holy shit. Her delivery in all of it. From her comedic timing, to the dramatic moments, to the freakout moments, to the moment when she realizes everything's going wrong, to when she's realizing she has to part ways with Megane forever. It's goddamn perfect. Fuck, it's fucking perfect how many notes do I have to make before I tell you how fucking perfect this is! Yay. But is it perfect? It is! God top tier damn now you saw this in the Japanese too right? I saw this so, like, in the Japanese too so I had that yep. perspective as well so like there was a lot of good performances it, there was a lot of other good performances as well as some ones I had a little trouble getting used to but grew on me kind of like with Megane and like with Mikun but <laughs> without a doubt without a shadow of a doubt in my mind Brittany Karbowski as Yuki Takia steals the show Absolutely. I'm gonna side and say yes. I'm, I'm putting her as best girl of the show. All right, please continue. Top tier. It is top tier. And here's the now. Uh, me and uh, Gigi uh, have had for a while this debate over uh, between Cynthia Martinez is my favorite, and Brittany is Gigi's favorite. Now yep. I've had I've had some problems with Brittany in the past, but but I'm talking like a couple years ago in the past. Um. I have, uh, in recent years, especially with Sentai uh, reinstating, like, uh, ramping up their dubbing more and hearing more of Britney's roles in Funimation shows, I have, I think I've become more of a Britney convert uh, in recent years, actually. So the issues I've had with her acting in the past were stuff like um, un it wasn't very believable as a little girl or it was uh, so hammy that it took away from the charm of the character. And these are characters like um, Black Star from Soul Eater, uh, IU from Canon, Maka from. from I, I didn't like her performance. I really did not like her in uh, Canon. And that was one of the first anime I actually bought. So, that. Of all the actresses in that, I really didn't like Britney's IU in that. But. But, in this, however, Ooh. this. Actually, there are a lot of similarities between Yuki and IU. They are characters who always carry around a backpack with wings on them and are delusional about what's actually going on in their high school. True facts. True facts. I, I, I have to wonder if that was almost intentional that they cast Brittany in this and that role. Uh, so, but in this case here, her spunky, over-the-top uh, cheerfulness in everything going on in life fits perfectly. It's not annoying and it's not grating on the ears. Because it's delusional. It's entirely in her head. It's a, a mechanism to try to protect herself from facing the harsh reality of what's going on around her. And I love that spin on this so much that it just added onto an already great performance by Britney. Like, this is already good, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A good Genki girl is the term that they use in Japan. It's like Genki girl 
who is already really good, with an added layer of this is so wrong when you find out what's actually going on around her. Uh, actually, before we continue onward, I would like to rectify a previous statement. I said Brittany Karbowski voiced Mavis Vermillion. That is not true. That is Leah Clark. That's Leah Clark. I, the actual I'm... answer is that Brittany Karbowski voiced Wendy Marvel. I will now go ahead and commit Sudoku in the corner. GG, continue while- Sudoku! Continue while I- gonna... while I- Oh I, my nine god. Nine by nine. <laughs> That's not what Sudoku- You can't- You mean Sudoku? You can't kill yourself yes, a puzzle. Yes, I mean Sudoku. It was a play on words and it failed and god damn it, I'm bleeding out here. Please continue with your thoughts on Brittany as you Wow, that did, that didn't go the way I thought it was gonna go. No, you kind of like shocked the shit out of me right now. I, I I shocked myself too because, like I said, I've had some issues with Britney before, and I think the one thing that sl still slightly bugs me about her is that I don't always like it when I can tell a voice actress right away, and she's got a very distinct sound. Like she's in a couple other Sentai shows that we will talk about coming out soon, and I can instantly tell it's her all the time. This is one case though where that didn't bug me in the slightest. Interesting. See, and it's really. It's really funny that you said that because I didn't recognize her at first. Just like with Lu's, yeah, I it bugged the shit out of me because I was like, "Who is Yuki?" Like I know this. I hear the little whimper and the little rattle and the little gr the gravel in her voice, and I was like, "I know you. Who yes. are you?" And then it was fucking Brittany Karbowski, my top tier number one voice actress wife. And I wanted to commit Sudoku in the corner with Andrew. Because <laughs> I was like, no, why? Take and a knife, I, it's once fun. I, I know. No, I'm curious, Gigi. I'm going to do it with a shovel. <laughs> what was the role that the role of Britney's you heard that made you love her, like, uh, the first one you heard? Um, That made you put her at the top of your list? It wasn't the first one I heard, but the one that I liked the most was Yamada and Bigata HK. Ah, oh, okay, that makes sense. Because that's basically that. me in an anime, and I was like, "Yep, <laughs> that's that's the one. She's my wife forever." But I liked Ayu, and I think it's funny that you say that you didn't like her in canon because this is like throwback Brittany Karbowski for me. Like, I feel that <laughs> some of, of her roles as of late, yeah, because we just did gamers, and I was like, it doesn't sound like Carintendo at all. I mean, like, the basic tone of voice is there and, like, the gravel and the rasp is there. But mm. there's she she's a... there's something in her voice, like the little cracky thing, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. It's, um, yeah, it's she like, always has a, a very similar... She speaks very similarly in a lot of her roles. Yes, like, the sonance in her voice is so recognizable, but I think it's pitched up from Kirintendo and gamers to make it sound younger, which is funny mm -hmm. because Yuki is actually older. <laughs> oh than God, Kirintendo you're, and you're gamers. right. It's all about art, <laughs> art design. The art's it's all it's about a... the art design. And you know what else is important about Yuki? Her costume design. You want to know why? Because straight up, the outfit she is wearing is inverted colors to their school uniform. I didn't I'm notice that. Be, yep. Pull that up. It is straight up the world she sees is inverted. G that's a little bit of color design and theory and foreshadowing that was... I remember that tidbit from way back when. I'm looking at the... 
Oh, oh, I know you're right. Somebody okay. I, has. Okay, a so she's got a blue. Uniform. Yeah, she has a blue skirt when everyone else has green. She has a red scarf. When, wait, no, actually, the girls in the senior year are all the same scarf color. Look up, look up, for... school live character design inverted color. I believe it should be like a Crunchyroll thing or something. But yeah, I'll, I'll that is like a really cool thing about Yuki, and yeah, no, I I genuinely enjoyed this character. It it could have been so easy, so easy to make this character insufferably annoying to me. Like you could have made it very easy, but the way they handled this character, the way they handled her story and her struggle, the fact that like you see her really coming to terms with this reality and like the actual like mental sickness that she has going on that's plaguing her mind and basically overtaking her life. Like she is genuinely a sweet person, wants the best for people, but she is so torn up about the things that has gone on around her and just shut herself in. That is actually genuinely upsetting. So like, it actually is a genuinely triumphant moment when you reach like the final episodes and she straight up is the one that is surviving and making her way through the hordes. And like, I wanted to well, cry along with her when she's holding Taromaru <laughs> in her hat. It was in her hat. Oh jeez. It always goes back to the dog with you. Also, she's really, she cries really good as Yuki and I feel She it. does. Like they fucking broke me. All of her crying fucking broke me on the ground because like, it's Brittany Karbowski. I, genuinely I will tell did you not this. Think, I genuinely did not think a rewatch of the show would have the same emotional impact. I think the dub made it, it more did. emotional for me. They, well, they watered you up. The, the entire show is a gradual build-up to what's inevitably going to happen to them in the school. But it's like, I knew! Why did it make me cry again? God damn. Be because like after going through the coming. mall and trying on swimsuits and going to the pool and like every okay, yes of course every anime has to have a pool or a beach scene it is written into the constitution all of that was just watering you up so that when the bad stuff finally happens you're ready to be just smashed all right well so that being said i don't like yuki in the japanese I think if it were anyone else really? except Brittany Karbowski, you would have been annoyed. I w I would have been annoyed That's because fair. this is the character that I hate. Like this character type, the one that always tries to be super positive, mm. like to the point of fake. However, the fact that Yuki's fucking schizophrenic makes it all the more <laughs> like the layers just inside of her. Like I remember the first time watching this, and I was just like. Oh, I'm you not fucking shitting you, me right now. You, They're having a straight up schizophrenic in this goddamn anime, do and no one's doing anything about it. And the, the whole yeah, thing the is, scene. they straight up like let her do it because they need her happiness to make them survive their own life. And well, see, it ends I up don't... being what saves them actually. Like, remember that last scene where what yeah. causes the zombies to finally? Leave oh yeah, no, she's is... straight up like she proves her worth and saves the day in those final episodes. It's amazing. Like, she comes around. She has See, a solid I, arc. I don't know if it's that they need her happiness in order to make themselves feel better. I think it's that they need her to remain happy so she doesn't go fucking batshit crazy and try <laughs> to kill all of them. I genuinely I mean, think they... That's probably an extra caveat. That's a little extra caveat, too, but I genuinely think they kind of need that positive energy or something to distract them from their lives, and that's what they kind of use her 
own sickness as an escape from their own lives, ironically enough. They use her escapism to escape their own suffering. Boy, there's some dramatic irony there. But yeah. Oh my I, god, there's so much fucking symbolism and shit in this anime. It's so good, but, 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 but. It I is think, so good, but Brittany Karbowski, top tier. I think, again, Lurch is just like top tier anime producer. So I think we've said our piece on Brittany, and we can finally go on to final thoughts. I, can we get in the car and finally drive away? Let's drive away. Are we with gonna the go? Little Are we gonna go to work? Are we gonna go to college? Are we gonna go to work? All Are we right. gonna go to college? Gigi, make your decision. Where do you where do you stand on the matter of school life? I'm gonna take the wedding with the shovel. That's <laughs> my final decision in the game of school live. Gigi is always into the edgy boys, so that makes the perfect be- sense. The best man the best man at this wedding will be the brave little toaster. No, the best man at the yes. wedding will be the teddy bear with the mustache. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> That's that screwed me so much up in the opening when like it's like all torn up after we've seen it as just normal for episodes and episodes. Okay. Uh, uh, Wait. All right. I, it's time for. Well, okay. I'm sorry. All right. Go ahead, Gigi. So. I wanted to talk about School Live for so long, but I have the mindset where I want to talk about it with you, but I don't want to tell you anything about it. I want you to watch it completely blind first. That's why every time I've talked about it on my channel, it was in one of my. It was like, I think, number four or five or something on like my top anime I watched, whatever the year was I watched it in. Um, Cause I was so moved by it and I was so shocked by it that I just, I'd never seen anything like it in anime form. I thought it was just friggin' brilliant. Um, so I'm happy that I get to talk about it full of spoilers now because there's so much that I wanted to talk about. Um, I think this dub is pretty damn brilliant as well like it had to do something to match the art and the direction the sound direction of the original Japanese anime and I think for the most part it really did like it had all the creepy moments it had everybody had emotion behind their performances minus we won't go there Um, but I just I felt it was really well done and this is one of the first dubs that David Wald cut his teeth on writing so I'm really excited that him and Caitlin made such a nice team together that they could make the Japanese just flow so seamlessly into an English dub Shannon did an amazing job directing and then all the girls I mean they had to have a really small cast and they had to come together quickly and they had to ramp it up to 11 and they all did it I would definitely recommend watching the dub of school live school live i keep saying it's fucking school live oh it's it's a tomato tomato i nobody's gonna crucify you over it i well, know no so, it, it actually make no it does make a difference because if you say school lot live and live are two different words it's not just a pronunciation issue well no i know it's school live but i've always said school live until i realized that it's the school life club and they're living at school mm-hmm. which is why it's school live but anyways yeah. that aside Nine out of ten would dub again. I'm really kind of digging these Sentai dubs lately, and I know it's because I've been on a lot of the shows. Uh, there's I've been on a lot of the dub talks for the Sentai shows, and like when they were ADV, it seriously was like hit or miss. This is like really garbage, or this is like actually gonna happen. And I'm I'm very grateful that they've started 
like getting away from the subtitled only releases and going straight into dubbing shows that deserve one so yeah this was one i spent a long time asking for a dub for because this wasn't like the guaranteed hit that umaru chan or monster musume was this was one like you, right. I, they, you had to be vocal about and i was vocal about this one for the longest time so when they finally like announced it was happening i was so goddamn happy Yay. All right. I'm done. That was all I had to say. So, Gigi, yeah. you are speaking from the perspective of somebody who's watched this before and is re-watching this. Now, I'd like the perspective of someone who went into it blind for the first time. You son of a bitch. I genuinely didn't know you didn't know. Virgin. I genuinely didn't know you, you didn't know. You keep saying that. I feel, I feel like... Like the the dog that was like thrown the breadcrumbs and like led into the trap. God damn it! That is like, not a good. Welcome. That is not a good analogy, Noah. <laughs> good job, Noah. Air high five. Internet high five. Air high five. <laughs> so yes, um, it um, I posted this on my Twitter feed, so um, you could actually watch my real time reaction. To it's this. amazing. By I started the, way. the show. I started the show. Um, I, at first, I thought it was actually an idol show because I, I heard the title was School Live and I thought it was like Love Live. And, but these guys assured me it wasn't. So I'm like, okay, fine. Well, I'll give it a look. I started watching it. By the way, thank you, High Dive, for existing. That is the greatest invention that we've had this entire year. That deserves a Nobel Prize. Started watching the first show and I'm like picking up on little things on it. Like, this is kind of boring. It's like, it, this is almost feels like it's a parody yep. of a Moe slice of life kind of show. Yep. And there's like, wh why is it? Okay, there's a Stephen King novel in this. Like, I know one of them's reading that. Well, that that can only end well. Because I've actually, I've seen the Stan miniseries. I didn't quite draw the lines, the parallels yet, but I knew something's going to happen. And then, and then, after an episode of nonsense fluff, we get to... The reality of what's going on. Broken glass. Blood all over the place. Scratched walls. M broken furniture. And Yuki just smiling as she's talking to people that are not there. And my reaction of all it was just like... Uh, um, uh, what, I, 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 my, my brain broke. It, it, it full on broke. Carburetor <laughs> brake transmission. Fumes. Blow up. Everything. I think my blood brain actually splattered Noah's, all over my work desk. Noah's episode one reaction assured me we have to do this. There is no doubt in my and, mind this is happening. And I am I am glad that I got talked into doing this one because none of the marketing for this would have indicated what it's actually about. And not knowing what it was going into it made it so much better. It just yep. so much better. As for the dub itself, there are a lot of English shows that try to capture the moe aesthetic of voice acting that Japanese actresses just pull off more naturally. It's hard to do in English. In this case here, it wasn't full-on moe in the, um, the cutest manner that can get really annoying for some people. But it was believable enough as a moe show that when contrasted with the harsh reality of the zombie apocalypse, which we never find out what happened, like we don't find out how that actually broke out, that always bugs me, but th th it really works really well. They they knew exactly how to direct this. Shannon, God bless you, man, did a really good job of, of balancing the two of them out. 
And it's, again, something that I'm finding a lot in Lurch Productions. Like, they did the same thing in Assassination Classroom, and they're doing it currently in Kino's Journey, which all of you should watch that anime of the season, along with Blood Black A, Battlefront, and Beyond. So I have next to no qualms with the way that this was dubbed, and I'm actually probably going to be getting a copy of this if it goes on sale during the Christmas sales during Right Stuff's Yay. Holiday Spectacular. It is that oh. good. I want to own a copy of it. All right. Now that you've watched it, I can tell you that on the inside of the limited edition <laughs> box, the outside is like white and super girly and has like flowers and all the girls on it and stuff. Oh my, don't, the don't. inside's <laughs> fucking covered in blood and dirt. Ah, uh, fucking amazing. <laughs> oh well, shoot, I gotta get a, I gotta get a copy. All right. And, All right. One of the, I, I do want, one last thing I want to say. Uh, Gigi said that you hadn't seen anything like this before in anime. I also haven't seen anything like this in anime, but it does remind me a lot of the movie Shutter Island. I've never seen that. I have not either, but I've heard good things. It's, it's very, mu it's very much like this. I appreciate that neither of you have gone this whole, have gone this entire episode and not compared it once to Madoka Magica. I thank you for that. All right. But it's nothing like Madoka Magica. Why would we, there isn't even It's not like, a deconstruction of anything. Like, and. And it's not a fake out. It's not a time travel story. Oh, God. It's God. Not a magical girl. God anime. bless you, fucking literate, intelligent sons of bitches. I love you so, so much. <laughs> we are going to take you up back and beat you with the shovel as soon as this recording stops, just so you and know. And I will deserve it. But first, my. My final closing saying statements for the graduating class. First things first, uh, the dub and the direction and the writing, fantastic. I could talk more about that, but I spent the past two hours going more in-depth on my thoughts. I'll say overall, they had a small cast to work with, but they basically dug into the... Uh, the those performances, that emotion, that feeling, and made it work and executed it to the nth degree in English. I was very impressed, and it's a fantastic dub. Now, I want to talk about this show, because there's so much in this show. Like, and the thing I that I was so worried about when revisiting this project, I was scared this wasn't going to work the second time around. I was actually concerned the effect, the impact, the little details wouldn't be as good the second time around. I am so very wrong because it's probably even more effective the second time around. Because you notice all the little clues, you notice all the little details, you notice the emotional beats, you pick up all the little things, you watch the opening at a... But another thing, go watch uh, Mother's Basement's video on the opening and how that changes over time. That's fantastic. You watch things change over time. You watch, like, the, the colors change. <laughs> the ending as well. I love the second ending theme, too. I fucking love that song. Um, you watch Megan. I knew as soon as the... When we got to the episodes where... I think it was somewhere in the, the last third where... The sky has finally changed to an afternoon color, oh, it is and it straight, actually looks like a blood it sky. It is straight up a I'm blood like, sky in, like, the final couple oh OPs. The worst one is the one yeah. where you see Doggy Taromaru walking around in the title card while they're nowhere to be found, and he doesn't yeah. catch the- He doesn't catch yep. the bone! He doesn't catch the bone! <laughs> as soon as I saw and that blood-red sky, also, and it's like, oh the, god, they're all the, fucked the, right. the time when, like, 
Megane gradually disappears from the pictures. And, like, she disappears from the episode. She disappears from the episode outro with the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And she disappears as Yuki's talking to her doesn't say a thing. That hurt even. All the happy music is playing. Yes, it hurts. Also, okay, so another thing. I feel that what makes the show work, like, this is a it's a horror manga, and that probably is effective in its own right. What makes this work is the anime direction and the sound design. The direction of certain shots and composition, the way certain scenes are handled, as well as the eerie sound design. The fucking distorted sound of the piano theme when you when we see Zombie Megane for the first time is fucking mm-hmm. breathtaking. Like it is fantastic, and it's like, it was something that was bugging me so much when I was covering Centaur's life, is like, there's some interesting things here, but the direction is so bare-bones you didn't even try. But the direction and the sound design and the presentation of this entire show, the character designs are adorable, which makes it all the hurt more when shit goes awry. The direction is so interesting that that's why you feel the actual composition even the zombies like they, they're covered in shadow most of the time which we, it actually makes it surprisingly effective i thought it was like a sensor thing but it works so well this show surprised me and presents a great tragic interesting story that really sticks with me and i've been wanting to get this project off the ground for a while so thank you Noah and Gigi, all the shit I've thrown and all the opinions, I'm so glad you guys are here that we can cover this because this show is something I really, really treasure and really, really stuck with me. And watch it revisiting the dub for a second rewatch makes me appreciate the show even more. God bless. Fucking amazing. Go watch it. Now. Well, there's the, the twist of the episode, Andrew. We're not really here. Ah, uh, don't. God, you guys are such fucking assholes. Isn't that right, Hardy? Aren't they such fucking assholes? All right, we'll go for steak after, all right? Come on. Uh, and Andrew. Um, uh, Spaceman Hardy is telling me. That's my story Actually, you know what? Just let him be, uh, JD. Just my buddy Spaceman Hardy is cool. telling me that we should move on and wrap this up. Now, if you'd like to follow the rest of us at the Dub Talk Podcast, you can follow us on our social media pages, uh, like our Twitter at the Dub Talk Podcast, as well as our Tumblr and our Instagram pages. But the Twitter is the most actively uh, used. Uh, as for where you can watch School Live, you can buy it on DVD, Blu-ray, and in collector's edition box from Sentai Filmworks at their store, as well as places like Right Stuff. And if you would like to stream the dub for School Live, you can go watch it on High Dive, which is a service currently in beta, but it's been a godsend for us to do our jobs. Thank you very, very much. Now, yeah. as for uh, where you can find us, you can find me over on Twitter at MangaMan9000. I also go by Classy Spartan or just Andrew. Uh, other things I do outside of this is I am a guest uh, podcaster on Surreal Resolutions Podcast ONA, as well as I'm a moderator over on the official Funimation Discord. Uh, where can the lovely people out there find the rest of you? In your dreams, uh, you're, or your nightmares. You're, you're in all of my dreams. This is a Halloween special. I don't feel like we've been very spooky. Let me out of the dungeon, please. Please take no. the fuzzy ball gag out of my mouth. I, won't, I promise That's... I won't badmouth 
that's I not won't. scary for me. I won't badmouth David Wald ever again, I promise. Okay, Chi-Chi, you, you gotta click your heel down and make your territory known. Where can the lovely people find you? My name is Gigi. You can find me on Twitter and YouTube at Anime Palooza, where I basically retweet fan art. So if you have any cool school live pictures, um, hopefully not where any zombies are doing weird things, um, please send them to me and I'll RT them. Um, I am your resident shoujo trash expert, and this is the first show I've been in that has no boys in it. So this is very weird. It's not only but no boys, total- but it's very, very very explicitly Boe. I'm genuinely surprised. This is the first for you. I'm proud of you. I know, right? Like little baby Gigi's growing up into Moe land, I guess. You, um but you We got to make you, we got to make you watch Higarashi next. I've seen Higarashi. Oh, well Higarashi's okay, fucking a masterwork. Why do you think yes, Grant is. George is in my goddamn reverse harem? Anyways, uh Noah uh, stick a knife in it and tell the people what you've been doing with your life lately. My name is Noah Clue. That is a pun taken from a Carmen Sandiego game. Which one? I will never tell you. And you can follow me on Twitter at Noah Clue as well. And that is the place where I rail against the animation industry, talk about the good days before, you know, people invented Flash, and also uh, talk about uh, basically my children who are amazing, and I post pictures of them a la uh, May Hughes every chance I get. In fact, I've got more pictures of Ruby that need to go up as soon as this podcast is over. I will flood your feed with them. Baby but time. if I'm not, if I am not on Twitter, I um, I'm potentially. I also have a YouTube channel that is YouTube.com/slash/journeytraveler that has not been updated in over a year because I've been busy parenting. Mm-hmm. But if I ever get around to it, I have plans for stuff involving Western animation um, because that is good cartoons, and I also talk about voice actors there as well. Which after tonight's episode, I think I need to do. A voice actor shout out about Cynthia Martinez. So thank you, Gigi, for encouraging me to get on that. You ride that motorcycle all the way you want, my friend. You rev it up all you want. And with that being said, uh, we here at the graduating class would like to thank you very much for joining us on All Hallows Eve tonight. So with that, with that being said. This is the Dub Talk Podcast signing off saying Otaku on, my friends, and we're doing just fine. Good night, everybody. Love your love your spooky faces. Aloha. The spookiest of faces covered in blood and guts. Good night. Classy. I am very classy. Thank you very much. Candy bars for everyone. Woohoo! Good night, everybody. Or can't. Cans of beef, whichever one we can find. Ew.